This is the Create Love, Create Freedom podcast. My name is Allison Fisher, and on today's episode, we are going to be talking about defensiveness, particularly in our romantic relationships. So I found a few definitions of defensiveness, and one is how we protect and defend ourselves from unpleasant feelings. That's interesting to me because, yes, it's protection, it's defending ourselves, but it's always something deeper within ourselves, right? It's the feelings that we have, the emotions. Um, it's also probably partly the the shadow side of ourselves, areas and ways that we repress. Um, another definition I found was through the seven principles for making marriage work, and that is. Um, Dr. John Gottman, uh, his wife, has also written quite extensively on relationships as well. Her name is Dr. Julie Gottman. And Dr. Gottman, in this book, The Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work, he talks about um, four, he calls it the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And defensiveness is the third horseman. And he defines defensiveness as self protection in the form of righteous indignation or innocent victimhood in an attempt to ward off a perceived attack. So, you know, he describes it as many people become defensive when they're being criticized. Um, but the problem is that its perceived effect is then to blame. I found, you know, that uh, very interesting as well, right? I also think that it's interesting when we look at defensiveness. Again, we're looking at self-protection. So I have a need already within inside me where I need to protect myself because I feel I'm under attack. And sometimes this is the case because someone is verbally um, or, you know, mostly verbally attacking us, but it could be psychologically, you know, whatnot. Um, and it is an attack. But a lot of times what I have found as well is when we get in that place of victimhood, where I need to, you know, continue to be in the space of I am always innocent. What happens is it really perpetuates that defensiveness. So even the small mundane thing, Right in our connection and interactions with our partners or with our, you know, um, spouses, with um, people at work, uh, could even be our children sometimes and our friends is from this place of defensiveness. It's from this place of self protection, even though the thing that someone says doesn't always have to be an attack on us, but we always see it as an attack. One of the things I found really interesting as well in Dr. Gottman's book was uh, he says, defensiveness in all its forms just escalates the conflict, um, which is why it's so difficult, why it's so deadly. He calls it, um, you know, definitely deadly to marriage, to partnership, to intimate communion with someone, right? It is it is one of the killers of relationships, being defensive. 
So when we go a little bit deeper into defensiveness, um, what I found is this is normally where we don't feel safe within our own selves. Um, but it's oftentimes not terribly obvious to us. Sometimes it is, right? Sometimes it pops up and we kind of say, oh yeah, I need to defend and protect, right? We can feel that in our body. Um, you know, we, we can feel our nervous system moving from the green or, or even maybe the yellow into the red, either from the green to the yellow, yellow to the red, um, you know, where we are, we're becoming much more kind of locked down, right? We are not only denying parts of ourselves, because um, one of the things that I found is when I have this need to be defensive, um, it, it's often not just the other person, it's also usually me. It's triggering something within me. So instead of, you know, the green, the ventral vagal, right? System of our, uh, part of our nervous system, where we're uh, connected to life, engaged, able to communicate. We've really moved into the yellow, the sympathetic system, feeling angry, anxious, uh, an internal chaotic energy, uh, a need to escape. Um, it, we have this feeling where we need to attack uh, the person, of course, that's usually in front of us. We feel like they are attacking, so we also must attack in return, right? Retaliate. Um, and then also we can move into the red or the dorsal vagal system, um, where we're very drained of energy. We're very disconnected. Um, we, we close down a lot. It's withdrawal and closure. Um, which is interesting because one of the other, uh, four horsemen that Dr. John Gottman talks about is, um, also, um, stonewalling, right? Where, you know, Yes, there's a harsh startup, there's criticism, it leads to defensiveness, but that's when one partner tunes out. Um, so it's very different from leaning in. It's very different from repairing the rupture that is happening or has happened in the relationship. And so, you know, what this does, this defensiveness, is it actually never makes anything better. It always causes um you know, uh, a lot more, I would say more than just, um, frustration. The defensiveness doesn't actually ever help you out. You think, oh, I'm defending and protecting myself. But really what you're doing is you're also beginning that process of really shutting down any communication within the relationship. And, you know, one of the things that I learned, um, as an undergraduate, I studied, um, foreign policy. Um, some international law, that kind of thing, uh, business, but also, uh, conflict resolution. Uh, and I studied, um, diplomacy quite a bit. And in diplomacy, one of the key things that we would talk about was the conversation doesn't work until it worked. And it's so funny because I don't know if you've seen that show, um, The Diplomat, on um, Netflix, uh, but husband of the U.S. ambassador to London, or I should say the U.K., uh, who is played by Carrie Russell, uh, I believe it's Rufus Sewell who plays uh, her husband, he stands in front of a group of people, you know, at some sort of 
some sort of um, evening event. And he talks about exactly this, which is talk to everyone you can. You may not agree with them, but continue to try to lean in, understand. Because limiting your conversation, right? Limiting your understanding, it doesn't lead anywhere positive. Um, it means that you're shut down and then the other person is also going to shut down if you are not willing to really communicate, really have those feelings, uh, really share those feelings, those emotions that you are having when you are frustrated and when you're angry. And I know for myself, um, when I'm in conflict, it's hard, it's hard not to get defensive. Um, you know, sometimes we have to ask the other person to maybe reword something a little bit or, um, you know, try to, try to get a better understanding of, you know, what's happening and whatnot. Um, you know, if they are attacking, maybe have them step back a little bit. And what I found is when we have that need to be defensive, again, we're trying to protect ourselves. Because in some form, we have been hurt in the past. Um, this self-protection is a defense mechanism. When we have that perception of being threatened, it can also sometimes be, um, you know, kind of a life force threatening, right? Uh, we feel attacked. We feel demeaned. We feel like we're not on the on the same team as somebody else. So we defend. We, you know, armor up, um, which I think is a really good visual for uh, you know, kind of the opposite of of diplomacy, right? In diplomacy, we are trying to have a common ground. We're trying to get to know a little bit about that person. Um, we are trying to communicate and come to a mutually beneficial discussion, right? Where a behavior can be changed or where we can change, um, but it's where both people, you know, come away not in a deficit. They didn't get everything stripped from them. Defensiveness, it just shuts down a conversation. So when we talk about defensiveness in conflict. Um, what I've noticed as well is that we, you know, when something has kind of escalated from a discussion to more of a fight, um, we, we want to defend ourselves from feeling hurt. Um, most likely if it's a conversation that's moved into a fight with our partner, uh, with our spouse, this is someone who knows us incredibly well. They know all of our weaknesses. Um, and so we feel very exposed, right? We feel very vulnerable. We've also been open and vulnerable to them. Occasionally they might um, bring one of those vulnerabilities up and it can seem sometimes to us like they are kind of throwing it back in our face, right? Um, and what I found is that you know, it, it seems very noticeable in others more so than in ourselves. We can really pick out when somebody else is being defensive towards us. Um, and 
the other person will often see the same thing within us. They will see uh, that we are the one who's, you know, being a lot more defensive. And I think blaming is another aspect of defensiveness. It's also an aspect of conflict, or it can be, I would say, in more unhealthy conflict. Uh, one of the things I always appreciated between my mentor, uh, Tom Shea, and his wife, Stacy, was they constantly talked about they don't attack each other in conflict. They look at the problem. They look at where the where the shift happened, where the rupture happened, why in you know they'll they'll bring in their feelings a lot. I felt this way when you said this. Um, and and they'll take responsibility for their portion of things. But I also believe that this is something that takes some time, right? You have to practice. Um, but you also have to be willing to actually lean in. I think too, sometimes when, you know, in the past we've been in relationships that, you know, obviously didn't work out and we feel, uh, we've learned how to be more defensive because of the not so great, maybe even toxic relationships that we've been in in the past, because we've been in relationships with people who didn't know how to communicate well. Um, didn't know how to have conflict well. And instead of trying to repair the rupture that has happened, they will very much also defend or also really try to always be right. Uh, They will try to make the conflict about something else instead of really saying, I'm going to address my pain. Or for me, a lot of times I like to say, I'm feeling really defensive right now. I'm feeling a bit attacked. You said this thing. Um, You know, I just, I need you to know that I'm feeling pretty attacked right now. I am now going to try to lean in a little bit. I'm going to give you a bid for connection. Um, because partly I, I want us to work through this because I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel attacked. I'm also going to think the best of you. Um, could you either reword that um, and maybe we could start again um, or, uh, you know, uh, pick up the conversation in a few minutes after we each go for a walk in maybe opposite directions, maybe together. Um, I, I think it depends on the argument or the fight or the conflict that's happening. Um, but I think that, you know, it's, it's also really important in those moments when we see that our partner is being very defensive, when you call out the defensiveness, well, you're just being defensive. It only makes them more defensive. So maybe you didn't word something correctly. Maybe there is a behavior or a habit change that your partner needs to needs to address, they need to make. Um, and maybe you did try to approach something in, in the correct, uh, you know, in a way that um, they could hear that, they could absorb that, and it wouldn't feel like such an attack. Sometimes we just get people at a time where regardless of how we say it, they are always going to be defensive about it. And we've certainly, I'm sure you as well as certainly I have been in those relationships where I wanted to lean in um, and I did lean in, 
And then the other person was never going to lean in. And it was consistent and it happened over and over again. And what I found is those are the kinds of relationships where the person doesn't want to fix the conflict. Uh, One of the best things um, that I have learned over the past few years has really been be in a relationship with someone who is willing to forgive, someone who's willing to lean in, someone who's willing to really tell you how they feel, but someone who really wants to heal the rupture. They don't want you, you know, either of you to be going to bed angry. They don't want to leave you in a place of anxiety or a place of avoidance, right, where you're pushing away. They really want to you know, um, work through the anger, work through the frustration, work through the feelings. Um, and, and one of the things that I found when it comes to defensiveness is that there is a lack of feeling. Um, defensiveness uh, makes us very aware of and gives us some sort of concern with the, the things outside of us. You know, maybe it's how they appear to other people. Um, Maybe it's, you know, it's the external things uh, to us. And so it's a lot harder to really know what's going on inside. It's one of the things that we do as well. Um, Instead of seeing a trigger or our kind of immediate need to defend ourselves as kind of saying, okay, I'm going to pause here for a minute. Ooh, wow, that hurt a little bit. Um, But why do I feel the need to defend? Why do I feel the need to attack? Why do I feel the need, you know, like, why was I triggered? But realizing and being curious about the fact that my need to defend and my trigger is actually showing me a wound somewhere deep within me that I'm still struggling with. I need to pay quite a bit more attention to. Um, I find that defensiveness is also something where we often, we often, either sometimes in the midst of the defensiveness, right? When someone has said something, maybe they it was in an attacking manner, or maybe they just said something and we just simply feel attacked by it because of the old stories, the old wounds, the trauma, those kinds of things. Even if we've been working on our wounds and our trauma, sometimes things can still get triggered and things can still come up. But what happens is we're then focusing all of our attention on a defensive tactic. And so we actually lose touch with ourselves. We're actually not able to go a lot deeper with ourselves because we need to protect. Uh, We need to defend. And so, you know, our feelings, our emotions, they stay deep and they stay buried because it also doesn't feel like it's a safe place to bring those up and bring those out. And I think that this also really plays very deeply into um the the shadow side of ourselves where we are we are really trying to pretend that that trigger or that defensiveness that we feel based upon what the person has said to us that you know it doesn't exist like all of them 
It's all their fault. That's a much easier thing to do. Um, but what that is going to do is it's going to destroy um, relationships. And until you decide to also break that habit, you are going to continue to experience that in your relationships and you're going to continue to repeat it with the next person and the next person and the next person. So one of the things that I have found as well is my partner should not be the only one who's leaning in first. I need to do it too. I need to vocalize the fact that, you know, and say out loud, hey, ooh, ooh, I am feeling very defensive right now, right? Uh, okay, I'm going to lean in. This is me being vulnerable. This is me, I, you know, I, I want us to have a very constructive conversation and conflict about this thing. Maybe it's a behavior I have, or maybe it's a habit, or maybe it's, you know, something that's been going on, right? something that's been bothering them. That's perfectly fine. Um, but, you know, really working through that because if I can lean in first, right? I, I kind of think about it this way. Who can actually lean in first? Now, in an authentic way, right? Not just be like, it's me, it's me, I won, right? I leaned in. But really in that authentic way and say, okay, this is an opportunity for us to grow, but also for me to grow for, you know, him or her to grow, you know, my partner. And okay, let's make this, and, and maybe even say that when you're feeling defensive. Okay, I'm feeling really defensive. Um, but I, I want to make this conflict uh, incredibly beneficial to both of us. I want us to grow through this conflict. Well, gosh, that really diffuses the situation, doesn't it? So. Yeah, those are a couple of things that I have found. Um, what I have also found is that offensive behavior in relationships really become a profound communication problem when it happens regularly. So if you are experiencing this, you know, kind of consistently in your relationship, it's really time and not during the time when you are feeling defensive or your partner is feeling defensive, but saying, hey, I'd like us to work on this. Um, this is occurring pretty regularly. When it does, neither of us feel seen and heard. It only digs us in our trenches further. And we both need to take responsibility, both for ourselves, um, but also the complaint or the concern. Uh, not that all conflict can be solved, right? We don't always come out with um, a perfect outcome or whatnot. We can at least work through the feelings and the emotion. We can work through the frustration or the upset. We can hear and listen. Um, we can really also focus in on the different emotions that are tied to defensiveness. Now, some of these emotions can be shame, hurt, guilt, anger, sadness. So again, the defensiveness is a defense mechanism to really shift the focus away from our faults, from our insecurities, to avoid our feelings. And we really want to shift it onto the other person. 
Um, you know, sometimes our defensiveness will look like turning criticism or placing the blame on the you know, on our partner, right? And and really denying all responsibility. Now, granted, I do very much believe that when we are triggered, it isn't the other person's fault. Um, so you know. I have to take responsibility for the fact that I was triggered. But I also can't hold on to that and weeks or months later say, you know, and, and send someone a laundry list, right? Or in the middle of the argument, well, you did this and you did this, and you did this, and I've been storing them up and ready to launch them at you like flaming arrows, right? No, instead, being a lot better about saying, Hey, this is a safe kind of place for me to um, be in communion with you, sacred union with you. Uh, this is a place for, you know, our love to flourish. Um, I might be frustrated about something I was triggered about. I'm taking responsibility for it because that deep wound within me, that's not your responsibility. And instead of becoming defensive, instead of feeling shame, anger or guilt towards something. Um, instead, I'm I'm going to lean in and I really want us to co-regulate together. I really want us to work through this thing together. Because obviously, if they were the person who said it to you, that co-regulating is really important. But first, in order to co-regulate, we really need to be able to see the person as safe as a safe person. And sometimes when our hackles are up a little bit and when our, you know, again, when we're triggered by shame or any of those other kinds of things, it can be very hard to shift. Um, and what I find is that the more that we work on it, you know, it may take a year, right? It may take nine months of working through something, get a lot better at it with our partner. But in the long run, right, if, if we really want to be in that relationship and if we really want to build that relationship and if we really don't want to have resentment and anger towards our partner to bottle everything up and then just pour it all over them, right? Like shooting the cork out of champagne, right? Firehose. That's not fair either. And of course, what that is going to do is, uh, is make them defensive, is create that perfect uh, situation for them to also be defensive. And instead, we can really we can really shift away from that. We have this opportunity to to really engage, to really set aside some of the ego, some of the the aspects of ourselves because you know we have insecurities just like our partner does and again being in that space where we say you know we're in conscious relationship with each other yes i am frustrated with you but this is still a place where we can work through this together i did a little research on what causes defensive behavior what I found was that this can be due to feelings of inadequacy, 
This could be, you know, childhood uh, neglect, um, childhood abuse, childhood trauma. It can also be due to emotional neglect within a relationship. Now, I've spoken about this before, but emotional neglect is very different from emotional abuse. Emotional abuse is something that you can absolutely pinpoint this thing happened. Emotional neglect is something that fails to happen. We fail to attend to a partner's specific need. We we fail to give time and attention and love and affection. We withhold those things. So much of the putting a person in the in the place where they want to be defensive, sometimes it's that exact moment, right? The thing that someone just said to you that was either critical or whatnot. But a lot of times, it seems to me that there's also a buildup, right? There's a little bit of resentment that's built up. Maybe um, there's a little bit of that emotional neglect, and it just kind of all comes pouring out. So in my mind, one of the ways that we step back from both being the defender and the defendee in relationship conflict is by having these kind of more small ruptures, small fires that we put out together um, closer to the time that it actually took place, not where we hold on to things. Other causes of defensiveness can be feelings of helplessness. Um, Sometimes because you don't feel like you can manage the problem. You don't know how to fix it. Um, Impulsive, reactive temperament. Um, This can certainly happen, you know, when either we're under a lot of stress. Uh, We can certainly also see it. I've personally seen it in borderline personality disorder. Not saying that someone who's defensive has borderline. I'm just saying... uh, There's that impulsive, reactive uh, kind of space, particularly when there's conflict with someone with borderline. Could also be, uh, you know, you've been blamed in the past. So there's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of shame. And so you're kind of immediately driven into that defensiveness. Um, and, And again, even just shame because of other kinds of abuse, um, trauma. Uh, could be childhood, could be past relationships, could be a lot of other things. And when we look at more of the present circumstances, the, the reasons why defensiveness can happen in the present moment for us, rather than just in the past, right? Or, or from, I should say, from our past, from our trauma in the past. Um, this can look like feeling guilty because you made a mistake. Now, could I, I'm sure that the, the varying the, the mistake could have varying degrees. Um it could be that you feel like your character is being attacked. Um that you're being unfairly criticized or someone is kind of blowing something out of proportion a bit. It could be, you know, you really struggle to be assertive. In the relationship, you'd struggle to put your needs uh, first as well, or to how you know where your partner isn't meeting some of your basic needs, right? Like the bare minimum kinds of things. Again, that can also be part of that um, emotional neglect. 
So I think that, you know, these are some of the reasons why defensiveness can come up. Now, when it comes to the impact, the impact of defensiveness, the damage can be pretty extensive, particularly if it is happening and occurring over and over, particularly if you both are not leaning in or if both of you are, you know, constantly kind of attacking or trying to attack first. If you're not having those smaller conflicts, more often, sometimes. I think that, you know, or, or maybe if your partner def- uh, uh, deflects or denies something that you're bringing up, bringing to them. Um, I think that this can cause a lot of damage. And so it really, it really puts trust. Um, in a place where not only is it reduced your level of trust in your partner, um, but you also don't feel seen or heard. Um, you can't trust them. I know a really big thing for women and, and being in our feminine. I have to be able to feel safe with a man that he's not just going to, you know, try to chop off my head, right? When something either small happens or if I have a mess up, right? Um, with that, when I withhold something, uh, you know, that defensiveness is often there if I feel like I cannot trust this person anymore, or if the trust has simply been diminished. And I don't feel safe unless I can trust the person. Um, I think also, you know, when, you know, you just, you have a lot of hurt feelings, Maybe due to the way that they brought up the conflict, um, the way that they kind of hurled it at you, they're going to have to take responsibility for that. Uh, you can certainly still feel hurt and also say, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like I need to defend myself. I'm feeling that need to be defensive because I'm hurt. The thing that you said or the thing that you did. Um, it really, this, this thing mattered and you didn't show up or, and you said you would. Um, again, I think that that is also very much intertwined with trust. And I think that, you know, this really causes a lot of, a lot of struggle, a lot of stress in our relationships. I don't know about you, but for me in particular, Some of the deepest stress in my life is when things aren't going well in my relationships. Part of that might be, you know, being female and being feminine. Um, I'm not saying that men don't care about relationships because I absolutely believe that they do. Um, And particular men, uh, even more so, um, either due to the fact that they are healthy people and securely attached and all of that kind of thing. And so, you know, the relationship deeply matters to them. They don't feel the need to, you know, push away, whatever. Um, but I think that there are, you know, some, some ways that we can work through that kind of defensiveness. I'm sure that you've heard this before but we got to let go of the need to be right. We've got to let go of the need to always have the last word. 
We've got to be operating from a place of, you know, let's put our weapons down or let's not bring them at all, right? This is a more than just a truce. This is a diplomatic mission. This is not a warfighting mission. Um, we think as well, when we get off track, it's really good to either start again or try again. Stay focused on not the 14 other things that has annoyed you about him or her in the last couple of months, but instead really stay on topic. Really work on actually repairing. And if you need to, take a break. Like I said, I'm a real big fan of walking. Um, I actually read this really great uh, romance book, and, and the man talked about how his father would always, you know, when there was some sort of conflict with his mother. And I, I think in the book, she tended to be the one who would try to push away a little bit. Um, you know, try to, not, that was just kind of her default was to protect. And so what he would do is he would wrap his arms around her and then they would dance. And so they couldn't have more conflict. They couldn't move forward until they held each other close, which is funny because that tends to dissolve a lot of conflict, a lot of tension. It makes you feel like you are a team member. You're back on this kind of same page with someone. And it allows you to begin again. I think another thing too is breathing. Paying attention to how you're showing up with your breath, how the other person is as well. I know it seems maybe a little silly, um, but what I have found is that we can keep the nervous system from moving into the yellow or the red when we are able to use our breath, when we are able to be in a space of not just shallow, you know, breaths or whatnot, anger, frustration, um, you know, rage, hate, any of those kinds of things hurt. But when we can say, okay, yeah, that thing did hurt me, um, that, that, you know, hurt my little heart, uh, here, I'm going to take a few deep breaths and let's do it together. I think another thing too is looking at the way that you speak to one another. And both of you obviously have to take responsibility for this. I think the way that we set up our words when we are approaching things from, you know, not trying to attack, um, you know, when we are, when we soften the tone of our voice, when we are kind with the way that we speak. Or if we are not kind, stop and say, wait, hold on, hold on. I did not say that the right way. Hold on. I know that that's, that's probably, that probably stings and it's probably hurtful. Give me just a minute, please. You know, give me just a minute to re-say, to uh, reward that, right? To say that differently. Um, you know, I think another thing as well is owning your behavior, taking responsibility for your actions. This also really allows you to act in agreement with your values. Do you really want to be the husband or the wife screaming at your partner? I certainly don't. Do I want to be the kind of wife that attacks her husband? No, I don't. There's not going to, you know, we're not going to be able to have a repair attempt or it's going to be much harder 
if that's the perspective that we do things in. I have to remember, not only is this my lover, and you know, hopefully one day the father of my children, um, also my best friend, or at least deep friendship with the person. Um, you know, this is my ride or die. This is my travel companion. This is the love of my life. I am here to be on this person's side as well. There's no winner. There's no loser. There's only coming back together. Another thing as well is notice when you're being defensive, when you're becoming defensive. Like I said before, verbalize it. Say it out loud. Um, I think sometimes also stepping away from just immediately acting on your feelings. Uh, you know, behavior is a choice. Um, I always say that there's so few things in life that I can really control, um, but there are a few. And this is something I've learned from the Stoics, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, um, Epictetus. And that is that, uh, you know, I, I can't control the external events and the things that happen to me. I can control my actions, my attitude, my behaviors, um, my effort, my emotions, to some degree. Uh, it's not about controlling them in terms of trying to keep them down or let them explode, but somewhere kind of in the middle, right? Um, but also my habits. Um, I think I said my effort before, you know, like those are some of the things that I can control in life. I know that I can have control over those things. And I can also have control over acting on my feelings in the moment, taking responsibility for what's mine to take responsibility for, and to, you know, not try to attack someone, uh, to try to attack my partner because then we're not teammates. Then it ruptures things within our relationship. I think another thing too, um, when those triggers, when that defensiveness comes up, it's usually because something has been triggered in you. Either after the conflict, you know, whatnot. Uh, I have even sometimes in the midst of conflict say, okay, I'm feeling very triggered by that. I'm feeling very defensive. Can you help me go a little deeper into that? There's a wound there, this thing. If someone also does that to me, I'm immediately, you know, like my weapons are dropped. You know, I just, I, I abandon them, right? Instead, it's that moment of, oh, someone needs to connect to me. Someone wants to repair this to me. And so I think that's really important. And, and then I think really working on, because again, if, if we feel safe in ourselves, um, if we are, then we're going to constantly be in that place of needing and having to protect ourselves. And I really believe that this dives deep into who we are, what we believe about ourselves, our sense of self-worth, um, you know, where that source comes from. One of the things that I've had to learn is that that source comes from me. No one else is responsible for it. I am. So the more that you work on yourself outside of even the relationship or, you know, um, kind of in, in an independent manner, what I have found is that the defensiveness lessens a bit. Also, that idea of don't hold on to things. Either let go of it or confront it with the person that you're with. 
Another thing as well that I think is personally really helpful is constantly working on your communication skills, constantly honing that with the other person. What do you need from me in conflict? I know for myself, a lot of times in conflict, I need someone to not attack um, and, and to come at it in a way where I really feel seen and heard. Like we can address the issue. We can work on that. Um, I can be called out on things, but it matters that, you know, my feelings aren't hurt and at least as much as possible, right? Sometimes that's going to happen anyway, but to feel like the person is only saying something in order to not only help me be better, but for us to be better. And I think that that is a really beautiful place to operate from. And I think that that over time, if the more that you continue to work on yourself, your trauma, your wounds, past relationships from childhood, uh, from things, you know, big events that have happened in your life or small events. I think the more that we dive into that, into who we are, uh, the less need we have to be defensive in the first place. When I know who I am, when I know my self-worth, I don't I don't need to, or and I don't go towards shame quite as quickly. I go more towards, okay, yeah, I kind of screwed up there a little bit, or I said something, or you know, whatever. Um, I'm going to take ownership of that, um, but it also doesn't attack who I am at my core. And I think that that's another very positive aspect of continuing to work on ourselves. So. I hope that this was a helpful episode for you. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think that continued work when it comes to conflict in our most valuable relationships is deeply important. As we've talked about before, the, the relationships that we have with other people are the things that actually bring the deepest value to our lives. Money is nice. Stuff can be nice from time to time, things that we want, going after goals that we have can be really great. But at the end of the day, what really makes up the, the quality of our life is not just the quantity of years. Um, even, I mean, certainly our health is deeply important, but it's really the quality of our relationships that determines the quality of our life. And so when we can enter into things, even imperfectly, right? Because we are not perfect people. Sometimes we are going to get our conflict wrong. We're going to have to start over. But I do think that it's um, so vital um, to creating a healthy relationship. And, you know, knowing how to have conflict is a relationship skill. Don't get me wrong. The attractiveness of the person is important and attractive through your eyes. But at the end of the day, that is not a relationship skill, right? That's just an attraction that can go up and down. Um, so again, one of the reasons why it's so useful and important to look into our defensiveness, the reasons for it, the reasons for our partner's defensiveness, and continue to work on those wounds and trauma that come up for us in life. So if you, as a woman, if you're looking for a place to continue to grow, continue to heal, um, really continue to go after the life 
the love, uh, the career that you want, join us over in the members club. So I created a platform. Uh, it is a monthly subscription um, that I wish I had when I was going through a lot of my real deep self-healing work about six uh, years ago. And, you know, because I didn't always really know how to start or where to start. And so for me, the Members Club is really my gift, uh, really my gift to women. And it is really that space where we believe that we are our own best self-healers. And the we need a place to meet. We need a place to commune together. Um, and so that's where I developed the Members Club. The Members Club is $29 a month. It is a monthly subscription. And each month I do a live Q&A um, where you know everyone can get on. I try to do it at a couple of different times usually over a couple of days, uh, so that, you know, if you are in Europe, um, I have women from Iceland and Europe and, uh, Asia and, um, you know, certainly, uh, North America and South America, um, that you can come on and ask your questions. I'm going to start having a topic for each, uh, live Q and A. Um, it is also a community of other women, so you can communicate with each other uh, when you see that a woman either needs some guidance, needs some help, um, and you know we're we're working on that within the members club. We're working on being there for each other. And then the other aspect of the members club, uh, each month I release a new masterclass or self-healing topic. And um, actually today, I just did all the videoing for August. And in our August masterclass, we are going to look at um, our nervous system and how that really ties into polyvagal theory. And that's kind of the next um, kind of layer of, of healing that we're going to look into. Um, for July, we looked at enmeshment and enmeshment trauma, and really took a look at these different aspects of maybe in our past, in our childhoods, right, where that enmeshment trauma took place. Uh, in the past, we've also looked at things like uh, the abandonment wound, self-limiting beliefs, the fear of intimacy, fear of rejection. Uh, we've also looked at the fear of commitment, uh, healing the need for validation. We have looked at uh, attachment styles. Uh, we've looked at a lot of different things. And so when you sign up for the members club, you will have each one of those months to go through uh, as well. You'll have access to all of those. You can keep coming back to it. And within the master's masterclass, um, I have a series of videos for you to go through as well as a workbook. And uh, once you sign up, once you um, start your monthly subscription in the Members Club, you will have access to all of that. I've also recently released a new quiz, and it is the Feminine Reclaiming Quiz. So if you would like to take it, uh, you can go to Instagram. I am at Create Love Freedom. Click on the link in my bio. Uh, that is also where you will find the link to the Members Club, where you can sign up there. And for the quiz, um, 
the question of the quiz is where are you in your feminine reclaiming process? And whether you are the wounded feminine or the distorted feminine, the awakened feminine or the divine feminine. And at the end of the quiz, you will get the results. Uh, and there will also be something that you can click on if you'd like to send me your email address because I will be, uh, and I'm in the process of making a, uh, creating, I should say, a course, um, which is the Feminine Reclaiming course. And that is where we will look at the wounded and also the distorted feminine how we move into, you know, how we heal wounds in each one of those spaces, and then how we move into our awakened and our divine feminine. Um, in our awakened and divine states, we are really looking at how do we co-create with our partners? How do we attract the kind of partner that we're looking for? Uh, where, again, it's deeply connected and able to have this these great conversations around conflict, and we're able to be better people with the people that we choose to let into our lives. And also with the divine feminine, how do you take your purpose? Um, how do you cultivate that purpose? And then how do you also put that purpose out into the world? How do you continue to help other people? How do you continue to grow yourself by helping others? But also how do you uh, leave a legacy and add value? If you would like to send me an email, uh, my email is createlovefreedom at gmail.com. And I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your story. Uh, please send me an email and I will absolutely respond. Um, I'm also in the process of, it might even be next year, um, but I'm in the process of creating a new quiz and a new course, and it will be on the dark feminine. Um, what does that look like, particularly in contrast with the light feminine? Um, but how to use the dark feminine to enhance your awakened space and also to live more fully in your divine feminine space. So uh, again, if that's of interest to you, um, I will be releasing that soon. Uh, go ahead and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok as well. And um, I will let you know when that new course or new quiz and course comes out. So Again, I hope this episode was helpful for you. Until next time.